All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode... 221 of the Kiss FAQ podcast. I'm your host today, Julian Gill, admin on the Kiss FAQ message board, and I am joined by 69th Blizzard Ken. Hello. Marcus Almighty Mark. Happy New Year. And Louise Daniel. So, Happy New Year to everyone. This is the first show of 2019, which I'm sure is going to be a very exciting year with lots of things to discuss. As I had promised in one of the previous episodes, I have no recollection in which one specifically, the giveaway for the Gene Simmons Vault Supplement uh, with the signed 5x7 photograph of Gene with Eric Carr. Um, I did the drawing this morning. Congratulations to Steve for winning that. It'll be going in the post today. So uh, that'll be the last giveaway for uh, a while. Only 15 people managed to be arsed to watch the show or to send in an answer or maybe not interested. So we'll just give that one a, a rest for a little bit. New Year. So, you know, for those who do the Festus, the Christmas, the Hanukkah, the whatever, um, just see, go around and see if anyone got any Christmas presents. I didn't get any Christmas presents, but when I got back from England, I did have my most recent Discogs purchase waiting on the doorstep, and no one stole it, oddly. <laughs> so, oh, nice. Um, I, I did go out and buy myself Nasty Nasty, because I, I, I really wanted to see the J-Card credits that uh, have the keyboard player for the song that was removed from the album that is, of course, on Gene Simmons' vault. So that is all. I, I also you know, blew some Amazon gift certificates and bought myself stuff while I was in England and had you know, several copies of that Kiss World Best Of delivered to myself and, and the last hardcover of one of my books so I could get that out of uh, British merchandise channels I bought for myself, which I will just relist. <laughs> But uh, at least it's gone now from Amazon officially as I deleted all those titles. But I didn't get any KISS items whatsoever. I took KISS items out and uh, gave away T-shirts. And um, my Christmas present, if anything, I will say was meeting up with David Donnelly. And uh, where the hell did we meet up? It was uh, Whitney. Oxfordshire, and it's not too far from Banbury, where I have some family who I was visiting, so we got to spend several hours in the pub. Me getting poisoned by Hobgoblin and Line Cleaner. If uh, if you work in the pub industry, you'll know that you're supposed to clean your pipes, but you're also some, supposed to flush out all the fucking cleaner and not leave it in the beer. And this place, well, I think that beer was bad, because I've had Hobgoblin before, and it's never made me as sick as I got very rapidly. So, hmm. great chat with David. Really cool to meet up with him. I'd love to spend more time talking music with someone like that, so I don't need anyone to give me a Christmas present. Daniel, what about you? You had any recent Kiss purchases, or been given any Kiss stuff, or or whatever? I actually received one Christmas present uh, for Christmas, and... Uh, my girlfriend decided it was time for a new Kiss t-shirt. I, I don't know. Uh, she didn't like my animal eyes and uh, what was the other one? Well, I had I had a few from, from the unmasked era or no makeup era. Uh, so she gave me a really good looking uh, t-shirt, but uh, with Tommy and Eric and uh, 
that's not a t-shirt I want to wear. Nothing bad about Tom and Eric, but I like my, you know, revenge era or originals or or, or even Eric Carr era. But that's the first one I have with uh, Tommy and Eric. So, well, at least it's something. It was a gift. So. Yeah. Ken, yeah. how, how about you? That counts. How was your Christmas? Did you receive any gifts that, uh, you know, any, no. any kiss items? I recently? got coal from Santa. Coal. No. <laughs> um, I, I did not get any uh, kiss-related um, gifts. Um, because so, you have far too much probably, taste. Well, <laughs> no, it, probably because I already bought all the kiss stuff that I <laughs> by on my own beforehand, you know, like the the rock and roll over colored vinyl and, and and so on. So there was nothing really on my list that uh, I was looking to get uh, kiss related. So I, I got some other music, um, you know, vinyl and stuff like that. But that's about it. Cool. All right, Mark. And uh, we already talked about you briefly, so uh, we'll let you go into your 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 side show here yeah so i didn't uh get any kiss stuff either but i did end up getting two things that made me rather happy during the christmas season one that is a thing that well they're both albums and they're both bands that most people might not know about worldwide but are pretty popular in canada and bring back fond memories for me in my teenage years so the one record that i got that i was overjoyed to get because this was such an impossible record for me to find on vinyl around here until they reissued it is and i'm curious to see if you guys know of this band or not but that's tea party uh these guys are absolutely incredible and if you're into uh stuff that requires alternate tunings the guitar player in here, Jeff Martin, he has a, a fantastic video on YouTube where it was just type in Jeff Martin and alternate tunings. And it's four part video of all the different kind of alternate tunings you can use on guitar. And it's incredible. He goes through all kinds of different variations of songs off of these records that he does with Tea Party. And he also whips into like Zeppelin and other bands that he, or Crosby, Stills and Nash and all kinds of different tunings. And it's just incredible. But this album was a big thing for me in high school. I really dug this stuff. It's kind of like Zeppelin with Jim Morrison singing, but he's a far better singer than Jim Morrison ever was. I can say that. And the other one oh, whoa, 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 is... Whoa. Jeff, Jeff Martin. That, that's, that name sounds familiar. Has he been in any other bands that were like more notorious or better known? It sounds, no. it sounds like it, I should be, or I sh I'm mixing him up with someone else. And I'm, you're, yeah. you're maybe thinking of a Jeff Martin that might have been in Badlands, but that's not uh, mm. the same guy. Mm. Uh, the, but this guy is, is incredible. Great guitar player, great singer, uh, and I can say that he's probably one of my uh, top five vocal influences, to be quite honest, even though I don't like the doors, which that may, might make it sound a little odd. But anyways... Um, the one thing you don't like that, the doors. Uh, you don't like no, the doors. No. Well, okay. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I have uh, some of their singles and stuff, but I'm not like a like a fan. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I can. I I don't mind like light my fire and you know, this is the end and all that stuff, right? I don't mind that stuff, but I'm not a diehard fan by any stretch. But 
Do you like the, the other Beatles? band? I love the Beatles. Okay, just making sure. I absolutely, just, just fucking love it. You're okay then. <laughs> I mean, I I have so many like variations of Beatle records downstairs in my room down there. It's unbelievable. But that's a, it's a great segue there, Julian. You're thinking really smart here today because my next record here is a band that in Canada I've rechristened Canada's Beatles. Okay, if the Beatles were formed in Canada. It would be this band, okay? Really? This is a band called Sloan, okay? And they are absolutely awesome. And for somebody who knows my history of, uh, you know, the music that I like and talk about, you'll be absolutely in shock to hear that I love this band because this is just power pop. That's all pretty much all it is. It's just three, four-minute songs, four chords, but harmonies that are incredible. Uh, I love the guitar tone on this record. And they they are they remind me of a Canadian version of the Beatles. They they, they really do. And 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 since I bought this on vinyl, I got to show you this. It's great, nice orange vinyl nice. that came with this, matching with the album cover. So that's what I got so, for. Go ahead. So this so this band Sloan. Um, it, I don't know the, where they got the name, but it, it, here we have some uh, in the business offices that you know I work at. Uh, the wall urinals are made by a company called Sloan. Sloan? Sloan's exactly the same name. So I, when I saw that, I, the first thing I thought was, you know, uh, peeing in a urinal. So that's bad. I, anyway, I, I uh, was thinking about the girl from Ferris Bueller. Wasn't her name Sloan? Yeah, yeah, Sloan. So, oh, yeah. there you go. And, and, yeah. and of course, uh, there's a British connection to the word as well, but whatever. All right. That, that that's a really interesting sidebar. Thank you, Mark, for sharing your, 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 the music that you received. Um, let's talk about a few random things today. Just uh, yeah. basically this and that of what's been going on. It's been quiet over the holidays, of course. Um, a few little bits and pieces have cropped up news-wise. And the, the first one that I kind of um, have on my list here is, of course, Gene Simmons' Vault. Uh, continuing in 2019, it's now been, you know, publicly listed. Uh, I hope we, he probably wishes it had been publicly listed um, on, um, you know, his, his site that you can buy it for a certain vault opportunities during the tour on days off and whatnot. Who knows how that will work? Um, you can get one by mail order for 1500. But here's here's the one that really kind of uh, generated quite a bit of conversation. That uh, Fye, the music retailer, one of the very mm. few who still remain, and Fye in our area is long gone. There was one down at uh, oh shit, I don't even remember Tamfran that uh, I used to go to. That is now, I think it's it's closed, but. Uh, I just wanted to get everyone's opinions. I know two of you haven't got the vault, and two of us do. So, uh, do you think it's okay for everything that Gene promised with exclusivity? How special this was now to have maybe put this uh, vault into a store at the same price? And uh, what what do you think about what you know of what's going on with the vault in 2019? Mark, I'll just start with you and just randomly go around. I'm gonna quote something that I heard from Gene Simmons before on a documentary. Uh, he once mentioned something about when you have money, you want more money. When you have women, you want more women. I uh, thinking that 
this is maybe just a situation where, you know, he sees an opportunity to make more money. So I think maybe the exclusivity part might take a little bit of a backseat. And maybe he just wants to put it into uh, situations where more eyes will get on it. And maybe more people will, will purchase it. Is it a bad thing? I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, maybe that coming from me, who one who, who hasn't bought it, maybe I won't get so up in arms in it because of the whole exclusivity bit that was promised. But, you know, it, it's still going to be exclusive. How many people are going to be able to walk into FYE and drop that much money for a box set? I mean, probably not a lot. But maybe he's thinking that, you know, the odd millionaire guy who might walk by or my man with a lot more money who walks by might get it for their son or daughter or something. And I think it's just a situation where he's maybe hoping to get it in front of different set of people, I think. Yeah. Agreed. Daniel, any, any, any give a shit about the vault or where it's sold <laughs> or whatever in any way? Not really, but, uh, but uh, I think the, 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 the fans who wanted the exclusive, event with Jean and at times Paul and Ace as special guests, they got it. But uh, I think all of us realized that Jean will do pretty much anything to make a buck and this mm-hmm. world thing will not remain exclusive. It will come out in other variations, uh, cheaper ones, I think, uh, in, in the f- coming years. But uh, you can always think back of your exclusive event and I guess most fans paid for the event itself and not so much the the records even though that's part of it too but uh, uh, I think it was a great thing he did but of course he's going to try to reach other audiences and people who who mainly are interested in the music and don't care about this uh, meet and greet thing mm-hmm. and uh He'll uh, certainly release this vault in other variations, so I'm uh, I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, I mean, I had said, and I, I don't remember if I said it on this show or elsewhere, but I, I, I certainly remember saying that I don't really care that, um, you know, Rhino will need to find other markets that don't include Gene's availability or being tied to doing these events of trying to get 50 people in one market together at some venue and then putting all those bells and whistles together so it totally it, it's reasonable to me especially considering the price is kept at the same point and regardless of what they may be getting a wholesale it's business it, it it's absolutely irrelevant to me as a vault owner i had my experience and my experience is absolutely more about that day and that interaction with the fans and gene and ace and you know bruce and eric and Ken and uh, the other Ken, you know, so from, from that point of view, I say go for it. I get it anywhere that they can to make it a success so that maybe they're, they look back at their bottom line and say, this was a success. Let's do something else, maybe with Kiss or Ace or let's let's say we, we broke even, thank God, and let's <laughs> now renegotiate and do something different um, with them because they've certainly done a good job from my perspective uh, uh, delivering um, even with some of the things that happen. So I, I don't get upset about it. I, I, I would be upset actually for the fan who goes into FYE and buys it because they don't get the experience and maybe they don't know about it and that's probably better. But, um, you know, whatever. It, it All is fair. Ken, what's your kind of take on that? 
<laughs> yeah, well, well, the price, what was the pricing at FIE? Was it the full price or was it 1500 price? Honestly, you, I, I don't I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it was the uh, 2000 Yeah, which is kind of crazy since uh, on his site, you can get it for 1500 on the Gene Simmons at, uh, vault site. There's a 1500 without the meet and greet. Um, Markup. But, but I still think the yeah the the price point is wrong. I think they had a, they they did get rid of or not get rid of, but um, <clears throat> sold about you know a thousand of them. I'm assuming some around thousand. They probably have a, about another thousand to to left over, maybe because um, I think it was originally it was going to be two thousand or something like that. Um, so I think the price point <clears throat> excuse me um, is wrong. Because you know the experience was the was the big price point for me to to meet Gene yeah. Simmons at the vault. Um, so I always thought, oh, it's probably like you know thousand to fifteen hundred to meet Gene, and then five hundred say for the vault. So if they really want to sell the vault off, I I think they could you know sell it from anywhere from pretty easily. I think it would sell very well if they went five hundred to seven hundred fifty dollars. Don't forget, the, don't forget the store though is going to want their markup on that. Oh too, yeah, right? well, well, I mean, I'm talking about online, but FYE, I'll tell you something. I went on that FYEC, FYE site, and mm-hmm. it would allow only to order a maximum of ten. So this makes me think it might be just a a a trial thing, or they only limited them to you know ten. Or it's a trial, see how it's how it's going to sell or not yeah. on FYE. Yeah, and um, I'm on the site right now, Ken. Pardon me. Um, and it's a yeah. pre it's a pre order right now. So right with a release date of February the first, and the price is $19.99.99, and uh, nothing about payment, right. you know, payment plan. So so if you anybody's out on the fence about buying it, you can save 500 by just going to the Gene Simmons site. <laughs> And get fifteen hundred. Get it for fifteen hundred. But still that's that's in my in my opinion, that's too much for just the vault. Again, five hundred maybe to seven fifty, I think it would sell. And they 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 still make make making profit, I'm sure. Yeah, and one of the things I was kind of disappointed that they didn't leverage, or, or obviously with Gene's mother passing, it really put pay to maybe some of the things that could have been done, is I really thought they should have been pushing a version for Christmas, mail order only, just signed by Gene, here Gene, signed 10, you know, and offer them up. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I don't really yeah. care. I didn't get upset all of a sudden when I saw oh, FYE exclusive Gene Simmons. Well, I don't care. Yeah. I, I am not bothered. I've had mine. I enjoy the music. And as a fan, ultimately, I would really like more people to hear it legally. So from from that perspective, whatever. Whatever Rhino wants to do, cool. I'm not going to get butthurt about it. Whatever Gene – I doubt Gene has much to do with it, to be honest. So it's it's business. So let's move on to one of our other little bits of a topic. Um and and this is from the FAQ and uh question is what was the first kiss album you bought on its release day mm-hmm. and um i i will just continue talking since i've been talking and i never shut up and crazy nights of course because hopping on mm-hmm. the bandwagon with asylum 
that was the first album that came out after Asylum, and I was really, really excited to be getting to experience buying a new Kiss album on the day that it was released, and I pestered and badgered Music City and Binghamton to find out when it was coming out, rode down to the store on my bicycle, or more than likely, and, uh, you know, bought it, and then stuck it in the, the Walkman, had a little red shitty Walkman, and on go the ears... And holy fuck goes the response. So <laughs> that was not a happy day to buy my first Kiss album. Daniel, what was the first Kiss album that you bought on its release day? Well, I got Crazy Nights for my birthday, and that was maybe two months after it came out. So I didn't really buy that one, but I remember the disappointment when I got it. Uh, it, it didn't sound anything like asylum or analyze i thought but uh, and then i don't remember buying heart in the shade when it came out but i have a vivid memory of buying revenge uh, when uh, waiting for it you know uh, i put in the mail order and waited for it and actually i was uh, golfing with a friend of mine uh, and uh, i knew it was going to come arrive that day uh, so we, we were out golfing, and my friend, who later on became an Olympic champion in biathlon, actually, but, but at that time he had gotten tired of Kiss. We started out being fans, but at that point he wasn't as much of a fan, so he, he made me go and play golf. But halfway through the <laughs> golf tournament, I just couldn't bear it anymore. So I said... <laughs> I just got to go, go home because I know the mail has arrived now and my album is at home. I have to go so you can finish the, 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 the final nine by yourself. Goodbye. And I went home and I, I listened to it. So, so that's a very vivid memory. Uh, yeah. And, and somewhere, someplace, Lonnie's fist bumping, talking about revenge. Uh, Ken, <laughs> what about you for your first uh, Kiss album that you bought on release day? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I know I got, I went to the, I don't think it was the first one, but I remember the solo albums. It was close. I can't remember if it was a release day, um, but I don't think so. Um, I think it might have been right around the release date, but it might have been a little bit later. So the the true one that I do remember is 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 buying Dynasty on the release date uh, <clears throat> in a town called, you know, city of Walnut Creek. Uh, the store called Record Factory, and and that's the one I've talked about before. I think on here where I, I went in, and the boxes, uh, you know, there's aisles of records, uh, you know, you know, records left and right, and down the aisle where Kisses uh, stacked up is there was boxes on the on the floor that still had not been, you know, open for stocking. Uh, into the shelf so it wasn't on the in the kiss section looking like where is it and then look down and the box is open and I was looking and I go maybe it's you know down there and sure enough it was in the box and so pulled it right out of the box at the store and then and bought it so that that was the first one where it came out uh that day and uh and, and bought it um I know there's other ones that I did after that um there's certain ones, a number of them, that I, I truly remember buying them on the release date. Um, but that one was the first one, Dynasty. 
cool. What a great one to have as well on release day. All right, Mark. Well, um, back in the day, I remember I had a 45 of Lick it Up. I think I mentioned that once before on here that I had got a 45 Lick it Up. And uh, by that point, I had already been a pretty big, you know, fan of Kiss by then. My sisters had all those other albums and stuff. But the first record that I actually got myself um, was when I went to the mall with my sister and we went the day that Animalize came out, uh, that which was the record right after Lick It Up. So I remember my sister mentioning that there was a new record coming out. And of course, at that point, I was only like 11 years old. So I had to go with her to the local mall to go and get it. So we went together and uh, that was the first album that I got that was actually my own. That wasn't like a hand-me-down or a given copy. So um pretty excited about that. And I think I remember I mentioned once on a prior episode as well that we used to send these cassette tapes back to our relatives back in Europe when we were, you know, us living here in Canada. We My parents immigrated here from Czechoslovakia, and we used to send back tapes talking about what's happening here in Canada to for family. And I had put Heavens on Fire off of that Animalize album onto cassette for them to hear what was the hip thing in Canada at the time then. So, um, yeah, that's one of my vivid memories of getting that record and it being one of my my, my actual first Kiss record. Very cool. Good stories from everyone. Next topic off, I, I don't know if this is even off the FAQ, but it was something that I was reading a debate about uh, a Gene Simmons pedula base. Is that the right way to say it, Mark? Yeah. Or yeah, pedula. Pedula. It's a pedula. Pedula. Oh, okay. Abongada. Pedula. Oh, no. That's the water boy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so he's selling a recreation of this. You know, it, it was a very visually you know, appealing piece from, I think, Crazy Night's Era, which basically had his makeup face with the twisty tongue on the base. Um, I think they sold the original at Butterfield's auction back in 2000 or whenever, whenever that was. But the debate on this was, and it's going to be more of interest to musical instrument collectors, is it doesn't match the original bass in in pretty much any way other than slapping on the artwork and having it basically on a white background. Different number of knobs. Um, obviously, it's a bass, so it still has four strings. They didn't expand it to a five-string or six-string bass, but does it matter? Or is it just completely losing its charm or its point if they make changes like that to these kind of highly visual things from the past and then just start selling them willy-nilly? Or does it simply not matter if the buyer's happy when Gene hands him or her the base? Daniel, do you, do you even care that, you know, it's all messed around with? Uh, I believe they could have done a much better job. Uh, I mean, if you're looking for instruments that are similar to the originals you don't want uh, kind of the artwork you want exactly the artwork and i don't know some sort of this time around they made him look like some sort of vampire or something on the new base and i think it's just awful i'd say why not use the 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 original artwork it's like re-releasing creatures of the night in 85 and putting on a different cover I mean, it just doesn't work. You, you want the original. And uh, I don't know why they didn't use uh, the original. Maybe they thought this one looked cooler, but to me, it loses all its charm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's the original, yes. Yeah, Mark is showing the original, but but the other one, it's it's pretty similar, but I don't know why they did it that way. Uh, I think it was a a bad choice. Yeah, I'm just on the eBay auction right now, and it's up to nearly twelve thousand dollars. So I guess anything anything we do to say that it's pointless or it doesn't work, <laughs> just slap. It's obviously working, and someone's going to be very happy with that purchase. I mean, Christ, uh, Ken, what's your thought on it? Well, to me, uh, it's kind of to me it passes off as kind of dishonest, uh, you know, trying to you know, make it look like it is a replica of the original when it really isn't, you know, someone, someone not knowing is going to think, Oh yeah, it's just like the original one, but it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a mixture of his, it looks almost like a mixture of one of his uh, photos of, of Gene Simmons and they painted stuff on it versus. Yeah. And I agree with Daniel about the Dracula uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> it has the bangs there, um, going. So, I guess. I mean, if, if someone knows their guitarist and knows Kiss's history, they're going to know what he used uh, in that video. Um, but yeah, it's to each to each their own. You know how if they if they want. So that's another good one well, right there. Yeah, that's Mark. so they're not masking that it's not the item, um, and they've got that picture up there on the website, which makes it very clear what the differences are between the classic '88 one and the one that people are actually bidding on but I, I think there still could be some confusion i am not a big fan of how that looks especially kind of like the tongue going the wrong way it's like it's like a, it's like a stroke victim's demon you know half 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 the face froze. Jeez. it's not one of the better ones yeah no i'm sorry artist that's just my opinion doesn't mean anything What's no the, the base came with bartolini Active pickups. Gene only uses EMG because Gene wants the best. Um, yeah, what you know? Okay. I think ultimately the buyer, and it's become a big thing. And I saw it on the cruise. <clears throat> the number of bases that were being sold that have probably never been played live that are just being designed and their custom Gene has said, "I want a base made this way. Go and make it." Um, and then sell it, and that's fine. That that's business. But I prefer if you're playing riffing on, say, a Laboo from the early '70s, or you're riffing off a design from the '80s. Some of those are really cool-looking instruments that the band played. Keep it as real um, as a, a recreation, rather than just slapping the artwork on something and not really caring. Mark, I I totally hate when they do this kind of stuff because. Frankly, if you want if you want to have something like the original, obviously the smartest thing to do is to go get the original, but that's going to be next to impossible because you usually only make like one or two of them, and Gene would be the one who owns it, right? So unless you go to the auction and are lucky enough to get it, that's the only way to get the original one of it. But, you know, if you're going to make recreations of a guitar... You can do it. You can make it as close as possible to the to it without it being exactly the same. And this is nothing like it though. The the shape, yeah, it's similar to a real pedula, but it it doesn't have the same vibe. It doesn't have the same feeling to it. You know, I mean, I have a a, a Tony Iommi SG right here, which I used to play, right? And I mean, they even did the the crosses on there and stuff. They even had the 
the Gibson pickups in there for it. And I mean, sure, it's not the exact model that Tony Iommi uses, right? But I mean, all the aesthetics in there that make it like a Tony Iommi guitar are there. The crosses, the pickup, those are Tony Iommi signature Gibson pickups that are in that. You know, the, the, the shape of it, you know, is the same, the SG shape. I mean, it's not to say that the Pedula is completely different, it's unrecognizable, but again... The one thing that they could have did that would made it, made it look like the original is to do the artwork properly. And they didn't even do that properly. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of thing that really ticks me off because, you know, if you're trying to go for an original, that's the one thing you want to get correct is the artwork, for Christ's sakes. What's wrong with these people, you know? Why did they turn into some weird Dracula morph, you know? It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And And that, again, why I held that up, that whole thing with the pickups, is that okay? Sure, that might be a, a, a nerd geek, like a you know a geek thing for someone like me who loves guitars and stuff. But I want the Bartolini pickups because that's what was used in it. You know, Gene only started using the EMG pickups later on. You know, he he all his Punisher bases that he has, they all use the EMG and stuff. Maybe he had an EMG in one of the axes back in '82 or something. Maybe that that was in there too, but. If that pickup was in that base when he had it for Crazy Nights, then give it to them because that's the sound that they want to collectors. They don't want some different sound. They want the sound that was in that pickup that they remember from that time. I know I'm getting a little, you know, off the deep end with this, but it does really bother me because as a guy who likes to get guitars like that too, I'm not a huge collector, but if I do get a guitar that's supposedly like a collector's type or a, a model of somebody popular i'd want it to be as close to it as possible and i like the court base i did a few years back at least it looked like, like yeah. the original it was pretty cheap as well so you can get one and hang on your wall and you don't have have to play it even because it just looks like his base so that's the way to do it yeah mark was getting quite agitated there it was very, very entertaining, <laughs> and, and and no one actually in any of these arguments or discussions about this bass or some of the instruments has mentioned the the analog of slapping makeup on a certain guitarist and it not being like the original either. So there you go. There's there's hope for the Kiss Army. All right, let's get move on to the next one. Um, actually, that's also why I liked Paul Stanley's guitars on the cruise because they weren't copying anything from the past. They were just fresh artwork created, you know, made them more interesting to me. That's why I ended up with one. All right, so similar to that first question I asked each of you about your Kiss buying habits, which Kiss album took you the longest to buy after its release? So you have to be a Kiss fan, and, and you know, for Daniel and me and the 84, 85 people, um, you don't get to say, well, the first Kiss album, because it had been out for 10 years. No, that doesn't count. You have to be an active Kiss fan. Which one took you the longest to, to purchase after it was released, and why? What's your excuse for being a slacker and not immediately getting it? Mark? Um, well, that's kind of a easy question to answer. I think the record that took me the longest after I became a fan was uh, Hot in the Shade. And um, the reason why it took me so long to get it was because one of my friends in a band that I played with, he had had it on CD. And whenever we go to practice, he would, you know, 
play random Kiss albums on the way to practice, and he had put it on when he had gotten it, and he was complaining about, oh, it's too long, there's, there's so much filler in this, what the hell's going on, this stuff is, you know, what's with this Cadillac Dreams, and so, he was, he didn't like it, right, and so he was, he was talking about it, and, you know, when you're younger and more impressionable, you know, when somebody in your friend circle there was kind of like bad-mouthing it, you know, you kind of, that kind of registers in here, and while I didn't I still don't like it. It's not my favorite record by any stretch of the imagination. I think that had a little bit to do with it as well, because when I did hear it a few times in the car with him, there wasn't really too much that stuck out to me that made me want to go rush out and buy it. I mean, I was a big fan of Asylum, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, it just didn't have the same connection to me at that point. So, um, yeah, Hot in the Shade was definitely the one that took a long time for me to get. Cool. Ken, how about you? That's kind of a hard one. I mean, when I became a fan in 77, so I bought a life too. Uh, then I started, you know, buying the back catalog. At that time, when I was buying them, I remember getting double platinum pretty early. Uh, I remember then also getting... Uh, uh, just to kill one of was one of the first ones I got to. Um, I want to say it could have been. Well, it's, it's kind of a tough one. I'm trying to remember which one it was. I'm pretty sure it's probably it's probably hotter than hell or. See, those don't count because it, it's, you, it's, you, you, you weren't a, you weren't a fan when Hotter Than Hell came out. So it's got to be one an album that was released after you became a fan. So everything. Oh, at, oh, yeah, released. Yeah, at, yeah. After yeah. after Alive Two. Oh, for you. okay. Before. Which which, which, right. which album? See, I got it mixed up. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. All right, no, it's all right. All right. So after uh, the longest, I, mm, I took to where well, I bought most of them on the day they came out. So I'm trying to think which one that I just hold, held off on the longest. Um, uh, if you, if, you, if nothing... you want, if you want to keep thinking about that for a moment, we can go to Daniel and we'll come, we'll loop back around. Here. Well, well, the only, I mean, the only thing I can think of is the longest I waited to get a Kiss album was would be the uh, Ace Frehley and. Uh, Ace Frehley and Peter Chris solo albums because I got the first trip that I, I made uh, it, it, I, I bought the Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley the first go round and I probably waited at least a, you know a couple few weeks or you know <laughs> so I, I I didn't go long before wow. for, before buying a Kiss album I mean most of them was it was the first day it was available. I got it. <laughs> you know what's interesting about that is that how how you consider that long, like a long gap between well, getting that something. Is the and, and for and for me, getting hotter than hell. I didn't get it on vinyl until the 2014 reissues, and I didn't even get a CD of it until after that. So that's how long I waited, like well over well, 10, <laughs> 10 I mean, years I, I, plus. I'm just talking about yeah. I'm just talking about new studio releases, kind of that stuff. Uh, I'm not counting maybe compula compilations later on. Like for instance, I have yet to get Kiss World. Um, that it was came out in 
it came out in you know Europe, right? It was an import, um, but technically I'm getting it in the U.S. on vinyl. So coming up, uh, there's there's stuff like that that I don't have. You know, the Kiss. It's called Greatest Hits. Um, it was it was a European. I think it's Greatest Hits or whatever. It's the white white cover around the reunion era. Yeah, that one. I don't have that CD. I never bought it. Uh, that's one of the ones I never bought. Yeah, uh, I, I probably so. should have just said studio album or album yeah. with new tracks rather than you know worrying about those because there'll be a lot of those that people never bought because they're just like, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing it again. I'm not playing that game with Kiss or keeping the, keeping current on every single <laughs> you know compilation. Yeah, that, great, that, that Greatest Hits came out in conjunction with the Finsbury Park gig, the final one of the... Um, of the Alive Worldwide tour, and you know we'd had Greatest Kiss released in Britain anyway at that time, right. so it was just kind of a novelty, and it's still available, which just shocks me that it, it stayed in print all these years, and it's obviously sold enough to stay in print. So, you know, let's move on to Daniel. After you became a fan, which album took you the longest to purchase? Uh, yeah, uh, studio albums. Well. Um, um, I guess it. And I know. I know it's uh, the one that was like a symbol for the demise of the band I loved. You know, Kiss was firing on all cylinders, and they were kicking ass on Alive Three, and it felt like a real band. And then the reunion happened. It had to happen. And then they released an album. I, I remember enjoying the first single. But then hearing a few of the other songs, I just didn't feel it was the same band anymore. And they didn't sound like uh, 70s Kiss, and they didn't sound like the 90s Kiss. It was sort of a mishmash. Uh, and it's Psycho Circus. Uh, I don't even know if I ever bought the real album, actually. Uh, because uh, I guess this was released in 98, maybe. And by then you could get the music from, you know, other sources. You didn't need to get the actual album as you, uh, well, back in the day you could get a cassette, but it wasn't the same. But in 98 you could actually get a pretty good, you know, version of the album, a good sounding version. So I, I don't know if, I, I think I bought it for a friend. Or maybe I bought it and I gave it away because I just like to show my uh, you know, I wasn't satisfied with what happened to the band. So uh, to me, it's Psycho Circus. And I really don't like some of the songs on that album. Oof, some of the Gene stuff is awful. <laughs> I never listened to We are one. I thought, I thought, you, I thought you were going to say Carnival of Souls when you were talking after the Revenge of Life 3, or I thought you were going to say Carnival of Souls. Well, I think it was uh, sort of a last hooray for the band. It could have been a good album. But there were too much into grunge. But you can hear it um, here and there on the album that, that uh, you know, the drumming is good, even though it's kind of strange at times. And I like the vocals. And uh, some of the songs could have been really good if they would have stayed away somewhat from the Seattle sound. Uh, so I like parts of it, but, but it, it, it's also an example of Kiss not sounding like Kiss. Very Those cool. two albums... Those two albums, Carnival Souls and uh, I know Psycho Circus, I bought on the day they came out. You crazy. Carnival Souls, I remember going into a a store called the Warehouse Records, uh, it was called, and 
of all things, it was after work and I went in there. I went in there to get the album and I was listening on the, you know, they play, they're always playing music. They're, they're actually playing it in store, which was surprising oh. to me. It's like, I never hear, I never hear any store, you know, record store playing Kiss uh, oh. you know, music, and they were playing the new album. It was like, oh. But I guess, I guess all of us have the bootleg version before the album was released. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you had already heard it, and it was and the, the bootleg version carried that tune that Bruce did as well, uh, the outramental or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. No. Um, yeah. No, the bootleg didn't have Ultramental on it. it. Oh, yes. It didn't have uh, I Walk Alone on it. It depended which one you ended yeah, up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, Because there, 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 there were so many different yeah. versions. I mean, I had to. I, I remember getting that on. I traded, like, a 1988 picture, uh, orange vinyl interview uh, with someone in New York to get a copy of that. But, I mean, I had that before it came out because by that time I was doing a little bit of PR for a phonogram, which is basically, can I have free shit, please? And I'll give it away on my website. Yeah, that's the PR I did for them, which, uh, you know, so I, they sent me a bunch of those. I don't even remember the timeline. Uh, the one that took me the longest to get after it was released, I think, was probably Smashes. And I include that because it's got the new tracks on it. Um, and that was strictly because I was in Singapore at the time. I know I eventually got the record, but I had to wait until I was in England for that uh, Christmas that year until I can go and find it. And they ended up finding a cassette, which was always my go-to kind of listening. And then when I saw it in the stores in Singapore, when I got back in January 89, then I got it. By by the time Hot in the Shade came out... Um, that may well have been a while as well because that was what uh 89 so i'm mm-hmm. i'm still in asia at that time and I, I, it's really tough with the two you know smashes comes out in november and then i'm in england that december and hot in the shade comes out in october and then i'm in mm-hmm. england so it could have been that but i seem to remember getting that on cd in singapore very quickly after it came out so smashes i'll go with that as mine i mean it was always it was always fun you know to be there on the day of release psycho circus i remember listening to that one it was the first one to leak online album wise so uh, i listened to that and then i i I walked down day of release to get that hmv on uh, market street which is long gone. I mean, I didn't even <laughs> didn't even bother with Amoeba at that point. So it it was never fun waiting for an album. But there's been a few in the years since that I've not been able to get on release day, or I've ordered on Amazon and they don't arrive on release day, and that always bothers me even to this yeah. day. Even though we'll spend hours arguing online sure. about the actual release date of Kiss albums, and someone's got <laughs> some data that it was released on this day, and others say, well, in my town in the 1980s, if they were released on Fridays, they didn't put them in the bins until you know all that sort of shit. So release dates are fun. And when they when you actually get the albums, you know it doesn't ultimately matter. As long as you got the album eventually, then it was good. All right, another kind of similar question to the other two: which kiss, which two kiss albums? And uh, as long as they fall into the catalog and aren't like you know stupid compilations, have you listened to the least? during your time as a KISS fan, which are the two, not necessarily going to be the ones that you are your least favorite, 
just the ones that you don't go to as much uh, when you're in a mood to listen to a a Kiss album. Hmm, that's easy. Psycho Circus, Car- Carnival of Souls, and Psycho Circus are the two albums I listen to the least frequent. If I'm going to be in the mood to listen to a Kiss album, 90% of the time it's going to be Lick It Up, Rock and Roll Over, even Peter Chris's 1978 solo album. Um, mm-hmm. Carnival of Souls, I just don't go back and revisit that album. I don't like the sound of it. You know, last time I listened to it was simply to compare the sound of it to the demos that were on uh, Gene's Vault and kind of re revisit it from that perspective. Psycho Circus, I don't listen to a lot. I don't. It's not that I don't like it, because it does have some good songs on it. It's just that it still has that bitter taste, that it doesn't represent what it was. So those are the ones I listen to the least. Mark, let's go to you for uh, for a couple of picks and surprises. I'm waiting one, for it. We, 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 just set, we just try to set him up here, it feels like. <laughs> One will be a surprise, one will not be a surprise. Um, the one that will probably... Well, I don't know if it'll be a surprise, but the one I don't listen to a lot, ironically enough, is the one that you just mentioned, Julian. I don't listen to Psycho Circus probably at all. Since I've bought it, I think I've listened to it twice. And again, it's not a bad record. In fact, it's probably one of the more better produced and sounding records they've done in a long time. I think Bruce Fairburn did a fantastic job on that, but just none of the songs really connect with me on that. I mean, they just, I don't know. There's just something about them that lacks soul to me. I mean, the song Psycho Circus, I think is good. Probably one of the only songs that are probably worth hearing nowadays. I mean, but the rest of it is just, I don't know. I mean, the the fact that Bruce Fairbairn thought that, you know, Gene came in with so many great songs and he loved sitting down and working with them with it. I was like, oh no, because I thought a lot of Gene stuff was always the weak stuff. And I thought Paul's stuff was always the strong stuff. Even Paul had issue with that. But, you know, that's the one record I don't listen to very much. And surprise, surprise, the second record I don't listen to very much at all is Destroyer. That hideous contraption of songs done by Bob Ezrin, a good producer. Let me just stress that he does make great Alice Cooper records and he makes great Pink Floyd records, but he makes atrocious Kiss albums, especially that one. That one is just, oh, just give me a barf bag when that one comes around, okay? Okay, uh, Kay Keith and guys at Kiss, uh, would you hurry up and get the uh, reproduction <laughs> destroyer Platinum Awards done so that I can get one for Mark and make sure it's hanging behind. I, 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 the mark. I'm so glad you want. You know they're gonna do it. I'm buying you one. You oh, already yeah. have one. And I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna try and figure out how to dedicate it to you and have it personalized to Mark. You know, because it's, it's just got to be done. I'm not even gonna crowdfund it. You know. So. All right, Daniel, which two Kiss albums are your least played? Well, in my mind, I listen a lot to Kiss, but but I actually uh, looked at my, you know, at the end of the year, you get a list from Spotify, mm. uh, your top 10 songs that you listen to. And I was, think, I was thinking, well, it has to be at least three or four Kiss songs on there, but there was none. I was kind of 
bummed out. I didn't have one in the top ten, so that was was kind of sad. And and that that well, made me you, think. You, how... no, you, you can't stop there. You have to tell us what some of these top songs were from your Spotify <laughs> list. I, I want to know now. Ah, uh, it's too embarrassing. I can't say it. No. <laughs> Kanye West. Uh, no, 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 no nothing like none. Elvis. Yeah, actually, one one Elvis song, yeah. That's but, not embarrassing. Okay. Nothing wrong. That's with that. not embarrassing at all. Uh, but uh, also Swedish bands that you've never heard of, like okay. Clawfinger. They were kind mm-hmm. of popular back in '93. I like one of the them those th- songs. You know, one of the the, th- the songs Opeth. that. What? Opeth. And the Opeth. Abba. No, no, no Abba. Opeth. No, no, no Abba. Abba. Well, Actually, some some stuff from the eighties, uh, some pop songs from the eighties. I like to listen to them when I want to feel good. You know, some keyboards and stuff like that. Aha, aha from mm-hmm. Norway. Maybe mm-hmm. you've heard of them. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've, yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. I, I've listened yeah. to them a lot, and I'm not embarrassed yeah. to admit it. I don't give a yeah. shit. I listen to no. I listen to everything. Pet Shop Boys yeah. show up a lot on my playlist. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was kind of a surprise. You should have a look at your own Spotify <laughs> list and see what, what what you you've got in your top ten. But when it comes to the two albums I've listened to the least, I'd say one is definitely Unmasked, um, mainly because I don't like the sound of the album. There are a few songs I enjoy, but uh, it's too much too poppy for me. Uh, too much pop. I don't like the sound of that record. Uh, so I haven't listened to it a lot. Uh, I like quite a few of the Ace Frehley songs on that one, but I'd rather hear them live. Than... It needs a remix desperately. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's one. And the other one is, of course, Psycho Circus. Uh, actually, Carnival Souls, I go to that album once in a while, and, and uh, I, um, I, I want to like it, but, but I never succeed in liking it, so... Uh, I'm thinking, well, it's almost like revenge. Maybe I can, but uh, but it doesn't work for me. But uh, yeah, so unmasked and psycho circus. Yeah. All right. So well, Ken, I haven't asked you yours yet, have I? No. Okay. So while I ask Ken and he answers his, I've got one more question I'm just going to throw in there right now for you guys to think about. What was your Kiss album of 2018? What was your go-to Kiss album that you found yourself gravitating to or listening to a lot during the year? Um, Because obviously it changes on a a regular basis. Ken, what are your two least listened to albums in the catalog? Yeah. Do we count the live albums at all? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, basically, I I think my two least listened to albums I go to are uh, Kiss Symphony Alive 4 and uh, Alive 3. I just don't. Alive 3 is, is, from a music perspective, it's it's very well played, you know, and, and good and good music and, you know, top notch. The, the thing that kills me is the sound. I, I just I just don't like the way it was recorded sound-wise. That's what really turns me off to that. That's why I don't listen to it. Uh, that's why I go, I'll go back to the you know, early Alive 1, you know, Alive and Alive 2 um, albums. So those are the two I would say I, I least pull out and go to. Um, I, go, I, mean, I go to Carnival Souls and, and Psycho Circus more than those um albums for sure 
you know, hot in the shade. I, hot in the shade, I was thinking too. I know I don't normally listen to that whole thing, but I know I listen to it more than those live albums uh, or those live albums, those two I mentioned. Um, so those are the ones I just I just don't really <laughs> want to listen to. <laughs> All right, very cool. And uh, just before we get into that very last question of your album, your Kiss album pick for 2018, that was your go-to. Um, I should mention that the greatest show of, on earth video is back. You're just talking about a lives, and this of course marries up a live to the studio version with previously released. Kiss video interspersed with documentary. It is obviously really good. So there's a version up on YouTube again now with uh, the director commentary, and you can go to Vimeo and find the original, um, just a theatrical release for want of a better term. And no, that's Andrew's ego. I, I called it theatrical. Yeah, uh, but check it out. It, it was getting a lot of buzz by fans who were talking about it, particularly before they found out who had done it. Um, but he did a fantastic job. So if you did miss the opportunity, go to Vimeo, go to YouTube, and it is back there. All right. So Mark, what was your the album, the Kiss album of 2018 that you went to the most? This is going to be surprising because it was surprising to me when I realized what it was. And it has a perfectly logical reason. Um, being that downstairs in my man cave there is where I do most of my business stuff for my for my for my records. Like whenever people order stuff, CDs or vinyl or whatever or posters. Downstairs I have my little office where I do my stuff and I have my record player there and I listen to all my albums down there. The record that I listen to the most from Kiss in 2018 because it all revolved around the time I was doing this work, was the 78 Peter Chris record. Because during that time, I found that it was the one record that I could do my work and focus on the work and not get distracted. Because what I found was, if I put rock and roll over on, I would start writing something or typing. And I found myself going like, you know, and being distracted. I'd stop working and I'd start doing stuff. And I then realize that, you know, 20 minutes has passed. Shit, I got to get back to doing this, Right. But with the Peter Chris record, I can still, you know, have it on, listen to it in the background and go through it. And I found I got a lot of work done. So hooray for 78 Peter Chris for helping me get my work done in 2018. Nice. Some respect for the Catman as well. It always goes well. Daniel, what was the Kiss album that you think got you through 2018 more than any other? Oh, I think he's frozen. Daniel? Yeah, you're frozen. He's right like now, Daniel. Very, very, moving very slow. It's like, I'm not answering this. All right, <laughs> Daniel, I'm going to come back to you if you can even hear me. Uh, Ken, how about you? Okay. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of hard, but it's going to be similar, I think, to Mark's. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I, I think. I, I listened to probably Gene, the Gene Simmons solo album more than any of the other ones. I I want to say maybe a close second could be the you know Kiss's first album. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the Gene Simmons solo album. I I know I pulled out a few times uh, and and listened to it. Uh, at least, you know I put it on my uh, I put the vinyl on and listened to it. You know so. 
I, I enjoy it. I, I've always enjoyed that since it came out. Um, so now we hear Daniel's bits and pieces of it. I think it's, there's a delay there. From He probably was talking about a minute ago, and it's now, now piping through. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully it picks up before we 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 finish up here. Um, which album did I listen to the most in 2018? Crazy Nights. I really oh. tried to get back into that album. I tried to get into it. Period. Um, particularly after all the demos surfaced, both the ones on Gene's Vault and Paul's are now out there as well. Um, I, I gave it so much of an effort just to get back into there and see if I could just enjoy the songs. I was listening to it a lot while finishing up the Danger Zone b- book and trying to, so it kind of goes hand in hand. With Can you hear I'm... me? No, we can't hear you. You completely went scattered there, unfortunately. Oh. So, so we'll see how the, how the signal yeah. does in a minute. But uh, you're you're like a very oh, bad ar- ar- Arctic radio. <laughs> By turning off your camera. Okay, I'll continue talking about Crazy Nights. Um, Yeah. So it it was just one of those things. I kept going back in and back in and back in. You know, it was probably my album of 2017 as well when I started doing all those interviews uh, for it. It gave me more of an appreciation of the song. So that one I've spent a lot of time with. But for what Mark said as well. When I want to listen to Kiss music and actually get work done, I do throw on Peter's album quite a fair bit. So uh, you are not alone. I yes. I I often have that one. I actually play that quite a bit, which is I don't know whether it's good or bad, but uh, I do enjoy it. Hey, you're back. Well, no, he moved. All right. I don't think there's much hope for that signal returning, so uh, let's just leave that now for you know for all of those questions that we've kind of asked. If you haven't participated on the board yet, you know what are some of the albums that you listen to the least in the Kiss catalog? <laughs> Daniel's Daniel is. Uh... Oh, I hear you now. All right, Daniel, turn. do you read? Yeah, Daniel, do you read? Turn <laughs> turn your video back on because I still kind of see you. Nope. All right, let's wrap it up. So whatever we answered our questions to those questions that we answered. Can you hear me now? <laughs> oh. This is a professional podcast. Here. <laughs> yeah, we we can hear you. Can't see you. Now we can't hear you. All right. So for now. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.